Hello, and welcome to The Adventures of a North American Writer. I'm known as the North American Author, and my name is Tammy. I am a creative writer, and you might ask, why am I doing this? Well, the answer is quite simple, actually. I was raised to appreciate literature, and in our home, as a small child, books were considered as valuable as common currency to us. So in a way, I'm sharing part of my lifestyle with you. I pursued a college degree in English with a core curriculum in creative writing in the early 80s. I'm also a published author. By all means, if anybody out there likes my work, wants to contact me, you can reach me at tlroth at f-a-i-r-p-o-i-n-t dot net. My only request of you at this time is some of your time to bend your ear just a little. Within the boundaries of your imagination, I will audibly guide you within my own world of imagination. So, for our first selection, may I begin with a short story. Rest Area 25B, The Road to Lesserton. Our first stop in this world takes us to the town of Lesserton, Pennsylvania. Lesserton is nestled off the beaten path located on the blue route, a road less traveled. Here is where we find Grant and Joan from Philadelphia, who happened to cross by mischance, Rest Area 25B and its caretakers. Now, in our story, we have main characters, Grant and Joan. They are the two main characters. The others are lesser. Grant is a lawyer who missed his plane, deciding to drive to his appointment in Buffalo from his native-born Philadelphia at the suggestion of his wife. She's an avid traveler and is enjoying it as a fun adventure. This is because, as a housewife, she rarely gets out of their apartment in Society Hill other than the typical social functions associated with his firm's business or one of the many social groups she belongs to, such as the Bridge Club. Joan, on the other hand, after having attended Wesley College, married Grant and settled down to have children. But those plans became crushed when news of Grant's infertility surfaced during routine doctor's examination after they were married. Emotionally scarred by his inability to father an heir, he also views this road trip as a possible way to reestablish the bond that he and Joan shared before news of his sterility. Perhaps their marriage will survive. The rest area 25B characters are Linda, who is a part-time 20-something community college student working towards certification as a beautician specializing in, of all things, urban hairstyle. She always wanted to live in the Big Apple, and she thinks the world revolves around it, reading nothing but beauty and fashion magazines. Her favorite magazine is New York Fashion, containing all the latest haute couture. Then there's Mike, the short-order cook. This is his second job. His first job is working as a mechanic for Frank Bedelow at this garage in town known as the Stop and Pump. And finally, there's Andy, the manager. He's a retired U.S. Air Force pilot filling his spare time after the death of his wife, Mabel. He also lives in town and eats his breakfast at the rest stop before starting his shift because he doesn't like to eat alone. Ever since his wife died, it's been hard on him. So Linda makes sure that when she opens up at five to make his coffee, have his bacon and eggs ready for him when he walks through the door. She also gets the griddles and stove warmed up for Andy, who arrives shortly after five. They open the rest area at 5.30 and that's how their day starts. So the beginning of our story takes place as we find Grant and Joan enjoying their first road trip on their way to Buffalo. They are nearing the town of Lesterton. I've got to use the bathroom. Grant K. 
Can we stop and get a map and you let me use the bathroom because you know you've got us lost. Well, since that's the fourth time you've pointed that out, I noticed that sign back there said Lesserton five miles. And did you see it also said tourist information? I'll bet you find your map there. He smiled at his wife, patting her hand. He refused to be ill-tempered with her. She had been through so much and said so little about the circumstances that brought them together that day. Great, because I do have to use the bathroom and I could, as she squirmed slightly in her seat, probably wouldn't hurt to walk around some as well. By the way, how long have we been driving, anyway? He looked at the rental car clock. Well, we got on the road about two and a half hours ago. I could use some coffee, anyway. Would you care for some breakfast? If there's a tourist information kiosk, there has to be a restaurant. He flipped on the blinkers and heard a snap, rattle, bang. What was that? Joan became a little unnerved. I'm not sure, but I think we'll make the rest stop. Everything seems to be okay so far. It was a quarter after eight when Grant pulled in the parking lot. And he let Joan out in front and then went to park the car. She went into the rest area restaurant, taking an immediate liking to the atmosphere. It was decorated with homey arrangements of arts and crafts done by local townspeople. Some items were even for sale. May I help you? A voice from behind the long visitor's desk said. It was Andy. He was just straightening his tie when Joan walked up. Yes, actually, we seem to be lost. Or rather, my husband got us lost. Not on purpose, though. So exactly where were you going? You reached for his Rand McNally Road Atlas. Buffalo, New York. Ah, yes, Buffalo. He started flipping through the pages. Meanwhile, out in the parking lot, Grant was dealing with the car. Damn car! He rarely swore, but this was certainly not going to be the day he envisioned. A customer coming out from the rest area stopped to ask him a question. What's wrong, mister? She won't start. It's a rental, and I'm beginning to think I'll have to give AAA and get call AAA and give a lift. Get a lift. He slammed the hood. I hate to be the one to tell you this, but the nearest thing we have to AAA is Bedelow's Stop and Pump. Stop and Pump? What's that? That's the garage in town. You're in luck. Here comes old Frank now. A dark green Chevy tow truck with the words Bedelow and Sons Garage printed on the door drove into the parking lot and stopped, pulling alongside Grant's rental. Hey, Frank, can you give this guy a hand? Frank got out and meandered over. He had a toothpick jutting from his thin lips. What's the problem? He pulled a hand from within his deep overall pocket and offered it to Grant. Morning. Name's Frank Bedlow. Looks like you got tr car trouble there. She won't start. I rented it this morning and this is the first she's acted up. Well, ain't that like a one? Pop the hood and we'll take a look. Oh, yeah. Flywheel's busted, I think. I can take care of that. Hey, that's great, Frank said, figuring the worst had passed and that they'd be on the road again in an hour tops. Yep, part should be in by next Wednesday. He spat the toothpick on the ground. Next Wednesday? Grant became alarmed. But I'm a lawyer and I've got to be in Buffalo tomorrow. Then I guess I'll have to just rent another car. That seems like the best choice, except there's only one little problem. Bedelow blew his nose with a red cotton handkerchief. Which would be what? Grant didn't think there would be any problem getting a car part. After all, this guy did own a garage, did he not? Lesserton ain't got a rental car place in town. Nearest one's 70 miles away up in Jaysburg. You don't understand. I've got to make that meeting. I can't afford to miss it. Well, sir, can't be helped. This here car, I don't see much call for the parts, so I don't keep them in stock. Have to special order it, and it won't come till next Wednesday. That's when the next UPS delivery is. 
Guess you'll have to make other plans. For a brief instant, Grant became enraged, but the thought of Joan being exposed to his temper, or even seeing a display of that temper, quelled the fire within him. Grant nodded at the garage owner, ordered the part. It came out as more of a command than a request. It was obvious Grant was a man of power, just by the way he carried himself and the manner in which he handled business. He tried to see the situation from what he thought would be Joan's point of viewpoint. Maybe, maybe this isn't such a tragedy after all. I'm sure something good will come of it. I just have to learn to be patient like she is. Hi, honey. Where's the car going? Frank had hooked it onto his tow truck and was pulling away out of the lot towards town. Joan reached for Grant's arm and stroked it lightly. The man said it had a broken flywheel or something like that, and that he ordered the part. Well, that's good, isn't it? She smiled. Yes, except it won't be until next Wednesday, and there aren't any rental car agencies within a reasonable distance. I guess we're stuck until the part arrives, or until I can come up with a better idea, and it looks like I'm going to miss the meeting because we're sort of stuck here. Joan paused, taking it all in, and after a brief time said, Thank God for small miracles. What's that supposed to mean? What that means is we'll be alone together for the first time in months. Maybe now we can talk about what's happened. Hey, heard you guys are staying until next Wednesday. It was Andy. He had been filled in on what was going on in the parking lot and had gone out to see if he could help. I hear you might need a lift into town. If you want, there's Irma's bed and breakfast and I know she's got vacancies. How's about it, huh? I have to run into town anyway. Andy motioned her towards the car. If it wouldn't inconvenience you, it would be very kind. Thank you, Joan said as she fought with her luggage. Andy got to it before Grant did, saying, That's okay, mister. I'll get the lady's luggage. Let's put it in the trunk. Come on, you'll see. You'll like Irma's. Collecting their luggage and other personal items removed from the car before it was towed away, Grant gave a nod of affirmation. This was something about Grant she did not care for. His treatment of the social class he deemed to be subservient. The abruptness sent a chill through her. Andy and Grant carried the luggage to the rest area manager's beat-up station wagon and put the bags in the back. Won't take long to get to Lusterton. In fact, you blink and you can miss it, he laughed a knowing laugh. Welcome to Lusterton, population 2,903, last time we counted heads. Pretty soon it will be 2,905 when Kathy Olson has her twins any day now, so she's long overdue. Irma's place is right up the street across from the old A.M.P. He pointed as he talked. Joan looked around at the small town, noticing every little detail. One instance was the chess game taking place in the town park gazebo. A pair of old-timers were hunched motionless over a chessboard full of pieces. It looked at first sight as if there weren't any pieces missing, and she mentioned something to Andy about it. You see that? There's Bill and Dave waging war at yet another chess match. It never ends. Bill's been winning most of them, but Dave is just as good. I'm blaming it on a slump. How long has the game been going on? You mean today's game or overall? said Andy. Overall, Joan was becoming more interested as time went by. Well, overall, they've been playing for over 30 years. And just to let you know, the game they're playing right now, that one's been going on for three months. I'll tell you, Bill had Dave on the run after the first three moves, but now neither one can make up their minds. They've been sitting there for close to a week, and neither one has made one single move. He turned onto Baxter Avenue and pulled up in front of a brown bed and breakfast. 
Out front, an old weathered sign read, Irma's Bed and Breakfast, established 1973. And beneath it, a smaller one read, We Aim to Please. Here we are. You got the A&P across the street, in case you got one of your hot plate rooms. In a few of the newer rooms, you see, you have access to a coffee pot and a hot plate. And some have fridges. Them's the only luxuries you'll find, except for the most important one. What would that be? Grant was caught by the statement. Well, you got no telephone, no TV, only radio, and here within listening range there are only two t radio stations to listen to. Andy started to take the bags out and hand them to Grant. Then what do people do here? Well, we talk, we play cards, bingo, we help our neighbors who are older with their chores, you know, stuff like that. We can, and things you read about in books, I guess. At least you people from the city seem to think we're a little strange with our customs. The building was quite old looking. In some places, chips of great brown paint were missing and resembled the freckles on a girl's face when she had been in the sun too long. On the covered front porch, a large yellow cat perched on the railing, sunning himself. Andy opened the creaking front screen door. Hey, Irma, you in? Got customers for you. She came from the kitchen, smoothing her apron. So, you need a room, I take it, with a king-sized bed, I guess, and not a shared bathroom. I think you'd like a hot plate room, but it's $35 a night for the regular rooms. However, one with the kitchenette is $10 more. If that's too pricey for you, we could swing a deal, since you will be staying here a whole week and it's off my, my off-season. They stopped and wondered how she knew they'd be there a week. Word must move fast in a small town, they guessed. Grant stopped to think. Had she actually said $45 was too pricey? Hell, he was used to 500 a night back in Philly. Joan was thinking the same thing. They had a sort of price shock on their faces, and Irma must have seen the way they had looked at each other, misinterpreting their reaction. Well, if you need time to think about it, let me know. Otherwise, i got to get back to my pies. Hanging up on the pegboard over there, the top four keys belong to the rooms that have the kitchenettes. So you go ahead, look through the rooms, pick one out. Ain't nobody here me, except me and Marley, my cat, who's usually out on the front porch this time of day. Andy added, and that's where he is right now. Oh, okay. With that, she disappeared back into the kitchen. She could be heard singing as she clanged pots and pans together. People here sure are trusting. Grant was, of course, suspicious. I think it's charming how people trust in each other. So which room do you want? If I was you came a shout from the back kitchen. I'd take room 105. You got a separate entryway so it's more private, plus there's a small sun porch and seeing how you'll be here a while, you probably would use it more. It's a hot plate room plus it has a small fridge, but just remember it'll cost you $45. Joan grabbed 105's key off the hook. We'll take it, she shouted back. It felt good not to be 100% well-mannered, as Grant always was. She secretively hated that aspect of his personality, and sometimes lived up to his expectation. Living up to his expectations was difficult. Grant gave her that that's not proper look, and she turned and began to walk down the hallway, swearing under her breath to herself, I don't give a damn what is and isn't proper right this minute. We're not in that stuck-up neighborhood right now. We're around real, honest, down-to-earth people for once. The lock clicked open as she turned the old skeleton key in the latch. She marveled at the old-fashioned touches that were present everywhere. They lent an arm of charm, air of whimsy to the atmosphere which she enjoyed. 
Grant followed. He entered the medium-sized room to find it quite comfortable. There was a chair, a small couch, a king-sized bed, and a writing desk with lamp, along with a very nice pen set that he knew had to be worth a lot of money, and he couldn't understand why anyone would be so trusting that it wouldn't be stolen. Oh, honey, look. She stepped out onto the small porch where she found two wicker rocking chairs and an end table with an old vase sitting on top. Just right for wildflowers. This is just lovely. I'm so glad we're staying. Grant took some warming up to the idea, but seeing his wife so genuinely happy made the car's broken gear worth the inconvenience, even if it did mean missing the Chamberlain account meeting. It's really nice, if I have to say so myself. Hey, would you like to walk over to the A.M.P. and get something to cook for lunch? Better yet, she said, that sounds like a good idea, but let's go get some goodies and have a picnic in the park. We can buy junk and pretend we're poor. She became flushed with newfound enthusiasm. But why? We aren't poor, returned Grant, slightly ticked off at her statement. Probably because we've taken things much too much for granted. We should experience the way other people live. Not everyone is as lucky as we are, she added. The swish glide of the automatic doors to the entrance welcomed them into the Henderson's A.M.P. It was pretty ex pretty empty except for the elderly bagger reading a comic book and an acne-faced checkout girl standing off talking to what Grant assumed was either her boyfriend or her husband. Most likely boyfriend, he thought. Here, let's get a cart. Joan grabbed the handle of a small grocery cart and put her purse in the fold-out child seat, pausing as a shiver ran up her spine. In remembrance, she most likely would never use it for any other purpose. Pushing the thoughts in her mind away from her immediate attention, they began down the produce section. The well-stocked shelves were sort of misleading until Grant considered how far from any major city they had been stranded. I'm going to give a call back to the office and let them know that I can't make the meeting tomorrow. He flipped open his cell and pressed the speed dial. No dial tone. What the... A woman came up behind him. If you're trying to get that thing to work, oh, shit. You'd have a better chance by standing on top of Ragshaw Mount out there. It was a woman in her early 30s with two little children in her cart. Bad reception? Grant turned it off. No, actually, no reception on this side of the mountain. You know about the two radio stations, right? Yeah, we heard about them. Well, the only reason we get those two signals is because their coverage area is the valley only, say about 7 to 10 miles. Well, Grant had to wait till they got to the other side of the mountain, he guessed. And with that, I look at the time and I see that I've got about 10 minutes left. And I'd like to say thank you for listening to my station today. I hope you come back again next week because I'll be continuing this story for all my listeners. Thank you again and have a good day. This is the North American author, Tammy.